might want to sit down for this. This is the new Star Spangled Banner. Let's go. Hey friends and family, we're live. Um, Jeremy, go to go to this camera. This one I'm pointing at right here. All right. I can't even find the camera. There it is. Perfect. I'm gonna go with that one. Um, because my computer's over here and I can just look that way. Uh, TMR, the Marine rapper who just sung us in. You know what's funny? I was watching another show, another podcast, a, a relatively, I guess, famous or, you know, like a big show. And they're talking about like a future guest of theirs and they're flipping through this person's Instagram and then there's TMR. I'm like, sweet, I know that guy. That's all. You get excited about things like that when uh, you see it. Yay! Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the 21 Gun Podcast, the official podcast of your favorite short shorts wearing gregarious veterans, irreverent warriors. I like to use big words every now and then and uh, confuse you a little bit. You lost me already. Yep. I'm your award-winning host. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna milk that forever. You know that, right? I'm I hope just, you do. And it's 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 ah, it's borderline douchey. It's not even borderline. It's it's douchey to to do that. Um, and if you actually know me in, in person, you would actually be surprised that I'm kind of introverted and quiet. Kind of keep to myself. Um, I just play Sully. This is just it's like a soap opera, soap opera of Twenty One Gun, and um, this is just who I am on the show. But in real life, you got to come up and talk to me, which is. Not how it should be on hikes. You actually um, should be talking to everyone. The show that I had planned for tonight, um, it got canceled. So literally a couple hours ago. So I had this guest coming on, really cool guest. He's going to come on again sometime. Um, he had some issues, whatever. I get that. But I, I don't know if if people, it probably doesn't look it when you watch and listen to this podcast, but there is hours and hours of planning that goes into a show. I was just uh, showing our guest when we just started uh, all the notes that I have just for one show. And, and it's, it's pages and pages and pages to get something to talk about. You can't just hit record and talk because you're never going to have a good show if you do that. So I had to take all that and toss it and then come up with my, my own, my own thing in such a few short hours. So if this show sucks, my apologies. Uh, it shouldn't be much different than any other show I do though. Flexibility. It's the key to air power. So corporate. So that's an Air Force saying, of course. It's an Air Force saying. Um, I think all the Air Force sayings are, are kind of corporate. It's what they are. They're not a branch of the military, except death on call. Death on call is the TAC-P um, uh, motto. So I think that's that's pretty cool. No? What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, it's you got to have a, a certain level of uh, coolness to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of have that little, little flair. For people who are watching the the actual video, we're gonna be we're gonna be here. Pull that back up. We're gonna be fixing this so you don't see me, and and me, and Jeremy. We're, we can't fix this. This is just gonna be the way <laughs> way it is. But we're You're gonna stuck. fix this. We're looking at ways to do it. But if you remember back when we first started the show, audio was all screwed up, and we couldn't get the audio to work. But we had the video, and then we get the audio to work, and then the video. 
wait, did I get it? Yeah. And the video got yeah. all screwed up. Everything just got all screwed up. So one week at a time, we figured things out. I think next week or maybe the week after we're going to have a different look and it should be good. So there's a little, little spoiler for you. Um, do you know what? I'm going to go out of, I'm going to go off format because that's what we got to do tonight. Let's bring up the first video only because I just brought up TAC P. Uh, and I, if, if any of you guys know, I have a man crush on, on any tack P, uh, JT from, uh, black rifle coffee is a tack P and, um, those guys just rule. They rule. They have so much power at their fingertips. Um, but yeah, I just found out that a couple weeks ago, they actually have a competition, the tack P competition. And, um, do you have that ready, Jeremy? Yep. Pull that up. Let's take a look at that. Can you do the, the two videos next to it or whatever? Here, I'll, yeah, there you go. Oh, no. <laughs> there you go. Only because that messes with the algorithms, then they don't pull me off for using someone else's stuff. And final day of the U.S. Air Force's 2020 Lightning Challenge. Now, we've spent the entire week watching 14 two-man teams of the Air Force's... I feel broken looking at it. I bet you didn't know that Air Force personnel could be such badasses. That usually doesn't go together. It usually doesn't. I will admit to that. <laughs> These guys are operators. I was going to... Can you believe I had a, I was in a slot for that? I can't. Yeah, um, I can. I don't think I would have, it would have been day two and I would have been like, you know what? what? I don't know what that thing is that I have to wear on my back. It's a Ruxer. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Put me on an airplane. Put me on an air conditioned airplane. North Carolina. That must've been down at Bragg because they have their, um, their training base down there or their training squadron, I guess you call it. All right. You can pull that down. Uh, that's coffee or die. If you guys ever want to check out a cool uh, website, look at coffee or die, but, um, yeah, down at Pope. So we were an operational squadron, right? Uh, C one thirties. We flew around. Here's my little, mm. anyways, we wish, um, yeah, I just, if you can look number one engine is gone because it just fell before I hit record. So I'll have to fix that later. But um, yeah, so in an operational squadron, you have all different people, right? You have people who are on their medical waivers, people who don't look like they operate. And we would go on wing runs. So that means the entire wing would put on our, our PT gear, which was made by Skillcraft, which is the same company that makes pens and pencils. They were horrible. They were like, there was no flex to them. It was like wearing a pair of, of like Wrangler jeans. You ever put on a pair of Wranglers? They're like thick burlap. Uh, they were like that and we looked like assholes every it, like you could not look good in a pair of air force pt gear so we would be out running and of course you'd have everyone on their waivers right with their bad ankles or whatever all the overweight people would just be kind of walking on the side and then the ccts in their ranger panties and their their um uh, od green shirts would come running by us it would like pass us <laughs> carrying I, I shit you not. And if you're a, uh, a CCT, you might actually be able to tell me what this is. Carrying boulders, freaking rocks on their shoulders. And they would run by and I would feel so emasculated. <laughs> I was like, I don't feel cool, guys. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Same thing happened That's when I was right. in, uh, I was in Balad, I think. And uh, I woke up early one morning. We had a mission and I'm just drinking coffee and kind of getting my head awake. And... 
uh, across from me is a table of Navy SEALs, right? So they have their hairs kind of long. They get their beards. They just, they're badass, right? You're like, oh, check it out. A bunch of killers sitting there. And I'm sitting here and the table across from them was a group of Air Force dudes and they're wearing their PT gear and their bellies are like hanging out over their shorts. They have like the, the nerd kind of buzz cut haircut with their nerd glasses on. And I was just like, I was like, come on guys, (laughs) I know we're the nerds of the armed forces. I get it. But do you have to embrace it so much? Yes, you do. (sighs) It's an air force thing, I guess. It's like being, um, what do you call that? It's like, you know, it's like, (laughs) but Hey, embrace the nerd life. Hey, air force, air force, uh, does offer a lot of death room above. So what's new tonight? We're going to have Steve Babin on. He's our new guest. Uh, I really thank Steven. I said, Steve, I don't know if he goes by his full name or if he just goes by, no, he goes by what? Gimpy, Bimpy, Gimpy, baby, Gimpy, baby, Blimpy, Babby, what? Uh, Steven Babin. He's a coordinator for the Baton Rouge hike. He's a former army. And uh, we were talking, I guess he's army aviator. I think he was a maintainer. I'm not sure if he was a maintainer or an engineer. And what's funny is when I get everything wrong, what the viewers can't see is he's actually right down here in a little, like it's called a green room. And I screw everything up and you can see them like kind of shaking their heads. Like, (laughs) I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about. Um, But anyways, we'll have him on, find out what exactly he did. Uh, I do know he was on Blackhawks, so that was pretty cool. And he trained with Air Force guys, so again. Uh, We're going to have the Hawaii coordinator on coming soon, Uh, the Puerto Rico coordinator too. I don't remember when. In fact, I thought it was going to be tonight, but um, yeah, like I said, tonight tonight fell completely apart, so we're just kind of playing it by ear. Uh, I'm going to have a bunch of you on. So yeah, that's another thing. If you're watching now and you're, in a, you're a coordinator and you just have announcements about your hike, you want to you know talk about your hike, tell us whatever you want, email me, kevin at 21gun.net. And you have to spell that out, 21gun.net. I will get you on the show because um, that's kind of the point of this thing. We like to bring people on. We like to share stories of success. And that's that's a good thing to kind of help people who may feel like they're running through some some rough times. But we're also here to promote the hikes. It's what we do. So yeah, give me an email and we'll get you on. Uh, don't forget the mo- the monthly newsletter. I can't, I was going to say monthly newsletter. Uh, don't forget the monthly newsletter. Head over to reverentwarriors.com, sign up and receive all the latest news updates and all that good stuff. So make sure you're doing that. What else? Uh, Aram Cho is going to be on the show. Maybe. <laughs> the sched- I'm telling you, someone, someone chucked a grenade into my schedule and just, how do you guys do it? Remember, I was Air Force. I don't uh, you, you pull the pin, drop the grenade, and throw the pin. Oh, okay. I get that. <laughs> this isn't real ATF if you're watching. It's not real. It wouldn't have that. Um, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> but yeah, bring up bring up uh, Aaron Cho's uh, Instagram. This guy's freaking funny. Uh, he's an LAPD detective sergeant. He's a real funny dude. He's a social media bohemoth. What does he got? Like 100,000 uh, followers. He is an alumni of, uh, vet TV. He's been on a few vet TV episodes. He's friends with angry cops, Richard high, who is actually going to take his place, but I don't know that fell through. Um, so whatever, uh, it's going to be a good time. He also had a, um, documentary that came out just recently. So we're going to talk about all that stuff after him. Uh, hopefully February 11th, we're going to have Sierra or 22 Sierra coffee company coming on. Um, his name, the guy who's going to be on is Patrick. Uh, and hopefully we'll have some exciting news to share with you guys. Um, that's just kind of a little spoiler, but not really. It's going to be cool. Um, plus I'm a coffee addict. I don't know if you guys are, I freaking, I, if, if there was, if I had to get rid of all my vices, 
no more, which I don't have that many, but I guess if you said, okay, how about this? If you said you can have bourbon or you can never have bourbon again or never have coffee again, I'd be like, yeah, get rid of bourbon. Cause I, oh, I am, no, see, yeah, I am on. that level. Ooh. I'm that like, dude, I should show you, I have a cabinet, right? So I talk about sous vide and, uh, we got into a little Facebook war over sous vide. Uh, it's it's fun, right? Sous vide steak. Trust me, this is all. It sounds like it's going everywhere, but we're all pointing to one ending story here. Uh, I like to sous vide, but no, I like coffee. And if I showed you my cabinet, it looks like I'm cooking meth because <laughs> I have all sorts of like, um, what do you, like beakers. I got a bunch of different coffee brewing machinery, and they're not even machinery. They're just like siphon filters and um, uh, cold brew, all sorts of crazy stuff. So. Yeah, uh, that'll be fun. Can't wait to have him on. And uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And hopefully he will give us some exciting news. Number three, finally, I have it scheduled. Mark Gordon is going to be on. Now, this is different. It's going to be February 14th. I know it's Valentine's Day, but come on, Irreverent Warriors. What I mean. I've seen you guys in short shorts. Nobody's getting laid that night. Um, but yeah, uh, he's going to be on, on February 14th at 3 p.m. East. Uh, he's going to be on 12 p.m. Uh, uh, Pacific time. But he's gonna be, so it's going to—it's a Sunday. It's going to be a completely different format. We're going to do live, but it's also going to be more like my old shows where we have a long-form, just kind of relaxing conversation. Mark Gordon has amazing, amazing information about—and I know, broken record—I say it all the time—but about PTS, about TBI. Um, I can tell you I'm a patient of his, his stuff works. And if you ever, uh, Jeremy, pull up the, um, warrior angels foundation. He works with Andrew Marr, who is, um, him and his brother, uh, Adam Marr, uh, created this thing, warrior angels foundation. Uh, I think I sent you the wrong link. Cause that's just where you buy this shit. Go to the, the main page. Um, but what they basically did is they figured out a way to treat the inflammation in people's brains. This is the quiet explosions guy. Um, if you guys remember that they figured out a way to treat the inflammation in your brain with like uh, a bunch of supplements. And it sounds like when you hear it, it almost sounds like, um, you know, one of those bullshit thrive, or there's a bunch of things out there. Uh, shake all it. It's none of that. It's none of that. This guy actually did. Uh, studies through the DOD. He actually had a bunch of uh, special operators that he put on this protocol. It's it's like $150 a month. It's not cheap. Um, but he put all these operators through this protocol. And I think he had like an 80 something percent success rate. People's anxiety was down. Their sleeplessness was down. Their chronic pain was down. Their headaches were down there. It's just a really, really cool thing. And I can't give it any justice because I'm not, you know, that smart. Uh, but he's going to come on and explain all this. And I think, I think it can save lives. And in fact, I know it can, if you guys ever listen to Joe Rogan, check out uh, number 1589. That was the most recent one. And there's Andrew on the, I don't know if we're looking at this mirror, but that's Andrew. Yep. And then that's Dr. Gordon. I don't know who that other guy is. It might be his brother, Adam. Adam Mario. Uh, okay. Yeah. So and, uh, right there. Oh, that's the other thing. I don't know if we're going to have Andrew or Adam, uh, who will be co-guesting with, uh, Dr. Gordon, but yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. Check out the movie. Check out that Joe Rogan podcast. All f no, no, no. no. Uh, um, Andrew and Dr. Gordon were on that episode and they talk all about it and it's free. This is, he was on that show like four times. So it's, it's legit stuff. I don't know. I can't talk about it enough. It saved. It had turned. I can't just stay tuned. Uh, February 14th, 3 PM. Cause I could just talk about this for the next hour and then we won't have any show left. 
what else? We always talk about recruiting vets for hikes. We have 70 hikes people in 2021. There's no shortage of events this year. Um, and that's just hikes. So uh, join your local IW Facebook group. Something cool happened down. I'm so glad they did this down at the leadership conference. Everything is IW and where you're, so it's like IW Nashville, IW Raleigh, IW Chattanooga, IW uh, Baton Rouge, IW, you know, it's, so it's IW and then whatever it is. So you'll be able to find it. People are always coming up with things. People are always getting together. So yeah, you got the hikes, but you can't make it to 70 hikes. And maybe this weekend you're like, I'm just going to hang out. People come up with things to do. So join your local IW um, Facebook group. And they also did that to bring light to the main page because it was being bogged down by all the hikes. So they changed IW for all the individual hikes. So when you type in Irreverent Warriors through mm -hmm. Facebook, it'll come up as Irreverent Warriors as the main page and the group uh, page as well. There's Instagram has Irreverent Warriors one word and Irreverent Warriors with an underscore. And I don't know which one's which. Yes. A little something. So if you're listening, uh, Lois, Lo Louis, Lo dude, Lois. I fuck up his name all the time. Louis, Louis. <laughs> it's not lame. Uh, fix that. No, you don't have to fix that. Everything looks good. You're doing a good I'm job. I'm going to tell him you said that. Uh, another way you can recruit for events is to buy some merchandise. Uh, you guys, we, we say it every week. Uh, head over to irreverentwarriors.com. Shop irreverentwarriors.com and pick yourself up. A, oh, this is Grunt Style. You can head over to Grunt Style too. Um, oh, yeah. Grunt style, uh, they give us, I can't remember now. I always screwed up. I used to know it was something like 30%. Let's just call it 30%. Let's just make it up <laughs> and, and what could go wrong. Um, but no, that a portion of the proceeds, if you buy the grunt style short, so, um, I don't know. I where can you find the link for that, for the grunt style? Can we just put it in the, in the sure comments can. below, put it in the comments below, pick up a grunt style shirt, uh, and proceeds will go to us or head over to shop and pick yourself up some really cool stuff. I had last week. Did I show you my silkies? Did I actually flash the, you silkies? Did, the new ones you did? Yeah, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. Cause that's just how sexy I am. Right, you like do, do, do you think I'm going to fall? Please don't fall. Go to, go to this camera. There they are. Yo, sorry. There it is. Dick shot. You're welcome. Yep. yep. That's actually, it's actually why I did that. I'm a pervert. I didn't could care less about these silkies. But yes, just just so you guys know, um, the site is still down. They're still changing oh, vendors. Fuck, really? So give it give it time for it to come up. Yep. Well, once again, we screwed that up. Um, so we're going way off script. I think I already said that. Uh, this is a last minute ad. Um, I think we're done announcements. Do you have any announcements? No, and that's like just go to the make sure you go to the uh, River Warriors webpage to you know look for all your hikes, merchandise, and such. So that's pretty much it. And I hope to see you guys out there. Now you know what I look like. I'm no longer the mustache man. Come up and say hi. Like I said, I'm an introvert <laughs> technically, um, but yeah, I'd love to talk to you. And I record. Oh, oh, I forgot. Um, we're always looking for people to submit interviews or audio from the hikes so if you guys i mean honestly nowadays iphone 11s you can they they get good audio and um if you're interested in doing that because what we did or what i do every year is i try to get like five or six hikes uh audio wise and, and anything could happen it could be you know whatever people are singing jody's or whatever you get you get some cool audio and then i put together at the end of the year a silky's hike episode um just audio it's a audio only for the podcast but i think it's fun so if you want to do that uh let me know kevin at 21 gun.net i'll tell you how to do it um but seriously i want to get more people to do that last year we had four hikes featured this year i want to get 
24 hikes. That would be way too much. I'm lying about that. But uh, yeah, let me know. So send me an email. Okay, here we go. Uh, our boy Travis Strong, he... We had him on when we first started these live shows, uh, maybe three or four months ago. It could be as long as six months ago. I don't know. Uh, this whole COVID craziness uh, makes <laughs> makes months feel like a day, I guess. it's Everything feels the same all the time. Hopefully, it'll be over soon. Uh, but he was a bilateral above the knee amputee. Like, getting something amputated sucks, right? Arms, all that sucks. But it's like the further up the leg you go, the more it sucks. And this guy had a double below the knee or above the knee amputee. And he's a beast. He's my age. And he did, I think for, if I remember, it was 30 days of the Murphy challenge. Um, he's climbed mountains. And he doesn't climb mountains in like like special climbing gear for his ampu amputated legs. He just, he's a shorts on. And he just goes up the side of the freaking mountain on his stumps, uh, which is just, I mean, you know, you're having a bad day and you're like, oh, I don't want to wake up and go to work. Dude, you have both your legs. I don't know. Appreciate that for a little bit before you start complaining because this guy doesn't and he still does some crazy shit. So I was on Facebook today and pull up this video and suddenly he hops on and he's, he's where he was actually, I wanted to him to come on tonight to do this, but he's doing like a town hall or something like that. Um, so he comes on and just play, play the video so you can see how weird it is. So notice, you're going to notice that the, um, the camera's shaking. I, I didn't know. There we go. Okay. So there's, there's Travis and those are his friends or whatever. So, so two things to note here. He's sweating. He's out of breath and the camera is shaking. So this thing that he's wearing, it looks like a wetsuit, but it's actually, and I guess those guys, I don't know if those guys made this suit, if they, they created it or whatever, but he puts this thing on and it's got like hundreds of electrodes that just go across your body to all your, ma your major muscle groups. And you've probably seen like they have them for your arms or, you know, uh, electrical stimulation and you can like work a certain muscle, like one muscle group for 10 minutes or whatever. This does the whole thing and it's like doing a crossfit workout while sitting in this suit and he's like, like i said he's like out of breath he's sweating from just wearing this thing it's insane and then i had to look up there no, you could take that off i had to look up the um uh the cost of it so it's called catalyst k-a-t-a-l-y-s-t if you guys are interested in buying this it's two thousand dollars <laughs> It's $2,000 to slip on a bodysuit that's just going to electrocute you and make you, but it's probably cool. So that's why I want to have them on because this shit's just, I mean, uh, I know we have a lot of people that are really into fitness and stuff and that's just, I don't know. He said on this video that, you know, a typical workout, you're going to use 40% of your muscle groups. Um, with that, you're using 80 to 90%. It's insane. Could you, well, forced for the most part, but yes. <laughs> What time is it? 823. All right. I, I want to do this next segment, but I, I realized we're actually moving quite along here. I really want to do this next segment. So uh, I'm going to call it Sully's advice and maybe, maybe you'll love it. Maybe you won't. If you don't, I don't really care because you try to do a show in short notice. Um, you might find yourself at a point where you're transitioning from the big green weenie or what is the, what is the Marine refer to? The Marines it's refer to big green weenie. Oh, really? So our yeah, yeah, green weenie. Oh yeah. Um, Air Force. I don't know what we called it. We just called it the Air Force. Uh, if you were like, if you were a company man, we'd call you a company man. That's someone who's like true blue, like have, they live, breathe, and shit Air Force. 
Um, but we didn't have anything cool like that. I don't know what the Coast Guard or the Navy, <laughs> the Navy has for it. But if you are transitioning from active duty, which a lot of you, uh, do you know what? Everyone does it. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be in the uniform for the rest of your life. Everyone transitions one way or not. So I thought I would give you guys some advice about transitioning and how to get along in the civilian world. Uh, oh, Jeremy, I didn't, I don't think I went over this at the beginning of the show. Um, but if you have the, the images, um, so I have them labeled the one I shared with you on Dropbox. Um, I have them labeled one and two and three and four. And as I go through each one, if you would pull up those, uh, did, did, yeah, you know, we're, we're going off the fly. <laughs> I fucking forgot about that. It's all right. Um, I'll start with the first one. And if you find, if you finally get it up, then, uh, it's a great meme. I have no problem getting it up. I just can't find it. Well, that could be an issue too. do some setups. Uh, civilians don't have safety briefs. That's the first thing I want everyone to know when you're a civilian. So this is my top, it was supposed to be top 10, but I actually got to 13, my top 10 things that you're going to need to help transitioning into the civilian world. When you're a civilian and there's a long weekend at your doorstep, there are no 1700 hour safety briefs briefs between you and your weekend. You're allowed to screw up and damage yourself at your whim. Is that what you say? At your whim? Uh, no safety briefs. Number two, this, this one still gets me and I've been out for over a decade. 10 minutes early is actually considered early in the civilian world. Uh, this one kills me. It's hard to get used to. Uh, I look at my watch all the time. I plan my trips. Like if I look at my trip, I'm like, all right, this is going to have me there seven minutes early. I'm like, oh man, that's still too late. Uh, I'm constantly obsessed with being someplace early. Civilians actually report to where they need to be the time they have to be there. And here's the part that really pisses me off. Most of them are there like five minutes late and you will feel your blood pressure go up. But guess what? You can't do a damn thing about it. Um, because that's the civilian world. There's no rank. There's no, there's no, uh, NJPs. There's nothing. Number three, civilians have no idea what, what military time is. So when you're around civilians, don't use it because they'll have no freaking clue what you're talking about. I try to teach my kids it and I have both their watches set for military time. Um, but yeah, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Um, hold on a second. Uh, what email? Jeremy, I have nothing. Jeremy's actually texting me as I'm doing the show. Uh, I sent you the Dropbox link to, to uh, insane to, to my email, 69 yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. Don't worry about it. We'll just work our way. I actually through. have nothing. Okay. Uh, not a big deal. Uh, learning the language. Number four, many civilians know. Okay. So go up to a civilian, ask them what a magazine is. They'll tell you it's something that you read. Uh, they might also, you might tell them that this, no, this is the thing that you put your bullets in. They'll go, oh, like the clip. Ugh, don't bother. Don't bother discussing these things. They're going to call an AR an assault rifle. Uh, this, see what these tips are, are so you don't get bent out of shape, which is so easy to do when you're living with uh, civilians. Exactly. Um, and here's the, the other thing. They don't care what the actual terminology is. Not a care in the world. And I actually have friends who I've actually corrected in the past that now purposely use the wrong words because they know it pisses me off. Civil, number five, civilians actually have to look both ways before crossing the street. Now this one, this one is, is tricky because I know we are ingrained to think, see, I had a great meme for this one too, but we're ingrained to think that when you head out to a street, you have uh, road guards, right? That come out when we were in, in, in basic, 
they we had our flashlights. It was early in the morning, and they would go out and, and stop the the traffic on both on both sides. Um, you'll have to remember when you're out jogging that no one's going to be stopping cars at intersections for you. The trick is to identify sidewalks. You'll notice them because they're a little elevated and they have uh, concrete on them. Uh, you run on them when you're not in the road, you, so anytime possible. And when you must cross the street, look left and then look right. And then just for safety, look left again and only cross if no vehicles are approaching you on your route. Number six, avoiding danger without a reflective belt. This is kind of piggybacking on number five. Um, Adding to the previous problem will be the fact that you won't be wearing a reflective belt. So in theory, you should be fully visible, but it turns out that civilian drivers can be just as shitty as military drivers. So stick to the left, right, and left again, and you should be okay. Number seven, in the civilian world, you actually have to choose what to wear for your workday. Now they've come up with workarounds, which I've discovered, and that's you can, you know, police, fire, EMS, medical, they all wear uniforms. I wear scrubs every day, so that's kind of nice. Um, but don't be nervous, right? So if you're in a group of civilians and people are, aren't wearing ranks and they're wearing different clothes, you're not gonna have a platoon sergeant yell at everyone for being out of regs. Um, yeah, there's just no uniforms in the civilian world. You can pick your own clothes, wear khakis and collared shirts to start with. Uh, here's the other thing too. You can get these things instead of at exchanges, right? Um, at stores. So uh, I'll explain a base has the exchange and you get whatever you're going to get there. But in the real world, they have stores where if they don't have something that you like, and, and, and on a base, there's like what, maybe two exchanges at Bragg. I think there were two exchanges. No, there's thousands, thousands of stores. It's actually pretty remarkable. So when you get out, you're, you're really going to enjoy that. Number eight, speaking without acronyms. I still do this. In fact, I think this segment no, it isn't, but normally the segment's called News in the AOR. Um, FYSA, the DOD, isn't the only AO or acronyms are present, <laughs> prevalent, but civilians still think you're weird when you start stringing all these letters together. Um, so don't do that. Just plan on using the entire words. It's going to take a little longer, um, but your civilian friends will appreciate it. Number nine, here's another one for language. Civilians don't speak with a fuck ton of swears. <laughs> Uh, in no. fact, it's, front, it's frowned upon. In many places, it's actually frowned upon uh, to use that sort of language. Um, so even more important than using not using acronyms, no cussing. Many, many people find it harsh, uh, especially when you're around children. That's another one too. Children actually don't like, well, they do like swears. That's the problem. So if they hear them, they use them all over the place. Uh, avoid words like, I'll just give you some examples. We got fucktard, right? Don't use that. You could actually say instead of that, I believe your opinion on the matter to be incorrect. Uh, don't say getting unfucked or my other favorite is you best unfuck yourself. The, the, uh, alternate will be, please reevaluate your current position or idea. So that's it. You could get hit with a double whammy too. If you say snafu, because now you're using both. Um, I always get worried, Jeremy, when I use swears on the show, cause my mom watches, <laughs> I'm in my forties. I'm in my forties. It's, I told you at the beginning of the show, this is a character I play. Sully's a character I play. I'm really a nice guy. Uh, number 10. It's 831. We'll get our guest on here in a second. Number 10, the knife hand. Uh, knife hands have been disappearing from the armed forces. I think we talked about this on an episode not long ago uh, that the Marines are cutting back on the knife hand. Um, if that bothers you, hold on to your asses. Civilians don't even know what the knife hand is uh, and using it would be a major mistake. When you want to use when you want to knife hand to point out an object, civilian use a finger, just one finger instead. Um, or and here's a weirder thing. They use just a, ver a verbal description on where some, where I should look. Hey, the, the, um, 
uh, bourbon is on the desk over there. Try that out. It's a little difficult to get um, to get that across, but you'll I, I, I have faith in you guys. Number 11, this one, uh, first names. So in the civilian world, everyone goes by first names. It's not um, Walden. It's not uh, a kid, Babin. Is that the guy that we have coming up? Babin. <laughs> it's Babby, baby. If you guys... It was an episode with a woman named Baby, and we called her Babby. It was a big mistake. But uh, yeah, I true story. I used Sully my entire military career. I had people that finally got in touch with me, but they couldn't get in touch with me for the longest time because they didn't know my name was Kevin. And they didn't know my name. Well, that's kind of dumb on their part. They didn't know my last name was Sullivan. I mean, I wear a freaking name tape. But um, if people <laughs> if people heard my name, Kevin, they were like, what the hell is that? Number 12. We're almost done. Number 12 you're gonna miss it. I guarantee you, you're going to miss this in the military. You could throw in a gas mask or some armor for a 10 mile run when you're really feeling moto. Um, but in the civilian world, if you're seen doing this, you're going to be considered a douchebag. It's kind of a douchebag move. Uh, this might also get you labeled as a bro vet. And I don't know if there's a female version of bro vets. I'll ask Steph, Silky, Stephanie, Silk, Silk, Silkies. Send me a, a, a note on the bottom. What do we call female bro vets? Um, but anyways, screw it. I love being a bro vet. And last but not least, you can walk on the grass. Let me show you. I got to show you this. I don't know if I can pull it up quickly. This I just noticed today. It's actually what, what uh, made me think of walking on the grass. Okay, so here is... If I can't bring it up, we'll just move on. But well, I want to... Maybe I can find it for you. I want to show you... I want to show you how much that's ingrained. Remember, I've been out for more than a decade. And let's see. Okay. I loved being on base and then walking on the grass and they yell, get off the grass. I don't care. Yeah. Didn't, wasn't that like a big thing for senior NCOs to just Still get on the is. grass for? Okay. Still here we is. go. Here we go. All right. I'll see. I don't know if you'll be able to see this. So this is me going out to, to talk to my neighbor yesterday. And I want you to watch. You're going to see a van and you're going to see grass and watch what I do. Oh, wait, can you see it? Did you see that? It might have been hard to see, but I literally, without even looking down. Avoided walking the grass completely. I avoided walking on the grass completely. And I only noticed that because I was looking to see if a package was delivered. And I was like, I didn't walk on the grass. Such a boot. That's it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If you didn't like that segment, which Jeremy just uh, pointed out that probably people don't. You try doing a podcast. All right, let's bring up our, <laughs> let's try to bring up our um, Baton Rouge coordinator, Stephen Babin. Welcome, Stephen. How's it going? Steve going, or man? Stephen? Stephen, Steve, Gimpy. It, oh, yeah, it Gimpy. all works. I forgot about that. Um, some people like to only go by their, their full <laughs> first name, <clears throat> Matthew Reeves. But uh, I, I find that weird when people get insulted that you use you know, the people call me Kev. I don't care. Call me Kev. Call me shithead. I don't care. <laughs> I have some other nicknames that are probably not very polite and we probably shouldn't share those, but you know, I answer to those too. Did you, did you get these when you're in service? Uh, I've gotten them over the years, several different places, you know, nice. being in aviation was really not that much different than being in the service. Yeah, so, I guess that makes you know. sense. Well, I appreciate you hopping on the show last minute. Um, you know, sometimes these things happen, and I'm glad you might you might actually save the show. We'll see. We'll see. Probably not. 
Uh, how did you first hear about the Irreverent Warriors? And for anyone that, I don't remember if I just said this, but he's the Baton Rouge coordinator. Um, he is a uh, former Army helicopter repairer. Is that right? Crew chief um, as crew well. Chief. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now it, I said at the beginning, are you, are you an aviator? Would you consider yourself an aviator? Yeah, I was on air crews. I flew as a flying crew chief and oh, okay. RL1 progressed and yeah. that guy hanging out the side window with the gun. Yeah, that was me. Okay. I forgot that, that, uh, helicopters, the crew chief actually flies with you. C-130s, they don't. They're just like, all right, see you later. Hope you don't. Um, I believe you guys call them flight engineers or we load do. masters. Yeah, we have a flight engineer. Yep. Um, but yeah. we do have the maintenance. I guess he's the crew chief, the guy who just takes care and maintains the, the aircraft. But we um, do it all. Awesome. When did you first hear about the Irreverent Warriors? Um, let's see, it's probably th two, three years ago now. Okay. And actually, my wife found it because, uh, you wouldn't know it to look at me now because I have this wonderful mechanical pump that pumps baclofen into my spine so I can move. Holy crap. But those who are around when I first started hiking know why I have the name Gimpy. You know, I get halfway through a hike and wouldn't be able to walk anymore. Okay. Well, and this, this is something, this is stemming from service? Yeah, I had a dual engine rollback in a Blackhawk and uh, wow. my right hand inertia reel failed and I went sideways into the pilot seat. I messed up my back and my left shoulder pretty bad. Nice. Ended up getting medical out for that. I don't say nice like that you got hurt. I say nice that, you know, aircraft do that too. That's how I got medically. I didn't hurt my back. I hurt my brain. Same thing. I got thrown in an aircraft. Dick. Um, yeah. So they are, <laughs> aircrafts are dangerous. All these people they that make mad. fun of flyers, they are, they're always like, oh, you got your air conditioning. I'm like, yeah, I have my air conditioning, but I also can suddenly burst into flames and have nowhere to go. But hey, air conditioning down. for me was opening the crew window. Oh, nice. So, nice. you know. Well, at least it was air. You got we couldn't open ours on the uh, on the C one thirty. So you first hear, heard about Reverend Warriors. Your wife found it. What she did? She say, okay, maybe this is something that can help my my husband out. Or well, that kind of goes to my why with the Reverend Warriors. We always talk about our whys, why we hike, why we do this. You know, mm -hmm. obviously, I was medicaled out, so I lost my career the first time working on aircraft with getting medical out the army went and had some surgeries became an amp started working in the civilian world what's an amp uh airframe and power plant mechanic okay it's the civilian equivalent of being able to do this stuff you okay. know an amp can do anything the impossible just takes longer okay so uh what happened was my back caught up to me all the spasticity and dystonia that i have from that accident caught up to me and i was missing so much work and finally i got put out of work and this was in 2015 i got out in 02 so that was 13 years of work and they finally said you can't work anymore these medications you've been taking for you know forever are safety sensitive and we can't have you working anymore so that depression started creeping in because now I've lost my career twice for the same reason. Right. So I'm sitting in the recliner, getting all depressed, unable to move, you know, on my cocktail of meds to make it through the day. The wife's like, look, you got to get up and get out, go do things. I found this on Facebook. Looks like it's right up your alley. 
And I went out to the hike to the meet and greet. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Let's do this. The next morning, of course, you know, my body disagreed and I was gimpy. And I watched those guys step off in Baton Rouge. And I was like, oh, that one hurt. Yeah. So the next hike for me was Waco. Waco was coming up and I called the guy that was running that hike. And I was like, look, I want to do this, but I don't know that I can physically do it. I, I physically don't know that I can do it. He said, look, get yourself to Waco. We will steal a wheelchair and push you the hike. So I went to Waco and the rest is history. Uh, I've been hiking ever since. I think I've been to every Texas hike there is. Um, you know, I became a coordinator when the former coordinator for Baton Rouge decided he wasn't going to do it anymore. And, you know, I've been working with IW since. So. Nice. Physically, are you improving? Like, can you do the hikes now? Or is it still about halfway oh, you, get, you get? That's a big thing. Since I got the pump in September of last year, um, the first hike I was able to go out for was Round Rock last year. Mm-hmm. And I literally cried at the end of the Round Rock hike because I made it the whole hike, no sticks, no crutches, didn't get on a truck, made it the whole hike with no walking aids. And it was just amazing. That's incredible. So this is, this is directly into your spinal column? Yeah. It, it, um, if anybody wants to look it up, it's called intrathecal baclofen. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look that up. I'm a PA in the real world. Intrathecal. And so, baclofen is, is it an anti-inflammatory or is it a muscle relaxer? I can't remember. It's, it's a muscle relaxant. Okay. And uh, basically what happens is I have a tube in my lower left flank mm -hmm. or I have a pump in my lower left flank. And there's a catheter that runs around and up my spine into the thoracic vertebra. That's constantly giving me a dose of baclofen crazy now is does that make you susceptible to to like infections because i know like if we do a spinal tap or something you got to be uber careful because you know if you cause if you put any bacteria into that that um uh, subarachnoid space or whatever i can't remember really all the i'm not into neurology but anyways if you put it in there you're basically planting a seed for um uh whatever you call it the um big name but i can't remember the name meningitis meningitis thank you <laughs> you're yeah that, PA. that that's actually something i have to worry about um not so much from the outside i have to worry more about syrinxes and things like that where your spinal cord actually spreads and um it does put me at a higher risk for meningitis there's infections there's all kind of things that can go on that catheter can get clogged um that's more with the shunts than the intrathecal pump because it's a positive pressure instead of a negative pressure. So I get, get fun with that, you know? Yeah. But it sounds like it was a game changer, obviously. Uh, oh, that's pretty sweet. Beyond game changer. It was a life changer. Most nice. definitely. I mean, it took me about two years to convince the VA to do it, mm -hmm. but it sounds about right. <laughs> we finally got there and you know, um, they figured out how to measure me because that's the other thing. All my spasticity and dystonia, the problem with my muscles is in my trunk. It's not in my limbs like someone who has um, cerebral palsy or uh, most spinal cord injuries. It'll come up in your limbs. You'll have right. problems with spasticity. Mine's all in my trunk. So figuring out how to measure me was fun. 
yeah. and prove that it was going to work. We finally got it done. I got the pump implanted September 22nd of last year, and it's just been amazing since. Well, the the good news is that a lot of these uh, new treatments and everything, the VA is starting to pay attention because they're not, you know, the, the old methods. And if you stick with the old methods, you're not getting the results, especially like I talked about at the beginning with um, Warrior Angels Foundation and Mark Gordon's protocol. Uh, they're doing all the studies. They're trying to get the DOD to recognize this, um, which I believe they are just because you can't, the data is is there right you can't deny you know the the data and if they if they look at you know individuals with, like yourself and see the game-changing experience that you can have then you know hopefully hopefully we'll we'll make some progress with that it's it's i mean it's i i get where they're coming from that'd be great you know especially with the new polytrauma clinics um mm -hmm. tbi and polytrauma have been great and you know, I got through them because they got me to neurophysical therapy, which was able to measure me. You know, they are doing some new things. Keep advocating for yourself. If you're in that boat, man, just keep, look, we're not fixing it. It is a bureaucracy and you got to fight it. But yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you, you got to advocate for yourself at 100%. Um, so you're kicking off the 2021 hike season. How's it yeah, feel no be, pressure, right? Yeah, how's it feel to be leading the charge? Is this your first year coordinating, or you said this second year? Um, it's technically my first year coordinating. I already did one hike that got canceled, but uh, oh, right. well, yeah. excuse me, postponed. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. postponed that hike. Um, we had to start completely over because of COVID restrictions. So, do you guys have a lot of restrictions down there? Yeah, here in Louisiana, we've been a hot spot since you know the beginning of this last year. Okay, so. Uh, so are they doing like, st I don't know, uh, the hikes I went to didn't seem to have any, any, you know, severe restrictions, but is there anything that hikers should know about? Like, are you guys going to stagger the start or, or do you have to, wear, oh, you have to make sure you're bringing a mask to go into any of the establishments or anything like that? We won't have too many establishments. Um, in order to do it this year, we're doing it at a large park in Baton Rouge. It's, it's actually two parks that we're splitting between and we're going around city park lake and then around lsu lake and it's going to be a whole big thing but we're outdoors the whole time so we're not actually having those typical stops like we normally do um okay. definitely bring your masks though we have to get people in small groups um there will be groups of people 10 to 15 minutes apart all staggered going to the different stops and yeah, it, it, it's definitely been a challenge. Sure. And and for anyone who's watching, um, you know, take it seriously uh, because we don't want to screw up the hike. You know, even if you think it's BS or whatever, it's still, I mean, what you, what are you going to do, right? By, oh, I'm not going to wear my mask. Okay, great. Oh, they're going to change everything? No, that's just what the rules are going to be down there and, and make sure you're following them because these guys are, are working hard to get this to be a success. And, um, you know, sometimes you just have to, to play the game. Tell us about Baton Rouge. I, I can honestly tell you nothing. I know nothing about Baton Rouge. I always, I think about obviously New Orleans, but I, I don't know anything about Baton Rouge. Right. Everybody thinks about New Orleans because we've all seen the cops special on Mardi Gras. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, everybody thinks New Orleans. Oh, Baton Rouge is our capital here in Louisiana. This is where the state capital is. Our governor lives here. Uh, in fact, not far from where we're having the hike. And if we were having our normal hike where we go through downtown, we would be stopping at the state capitol. 
But unfortunately, with COVID, that kind of became an issue. And we can't do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Plus, all the state capitals are kind of they're kind of nervous right now. Uh, even Raleigh, they have like giant fences up. Uh, I don't know if they've taken them down. Jeremy, have you noticed that? The, they are the, all still up. Oh, my gosh. And I guess if they see a bunch of dudes carrying American flags and dudettes, um, they could get nervous. But we're not going to hurt you. Don't worry. We're, we're reverent warriors. We're all about love and apolitical and hugging, hugging you. So if you don't want to be hugged, then shut up, Kevin. Move along. All right. Um, what specifically about Baton Rouge are you excited to share with the uh, IW hikers? Well, this year, Mardi Gras got canceled. All our parades got canceled. New Orleans parades, Baton Rouge parades, Lafayette parades, they all got canceled because of COVID. So our hike is having a Mardi Gras theme. No, this does not mean you can come out and flash people for beads. It, it's not going to work that way. But we're going to get you guys hooked up with some good souvenirs that you can bring home. It's going to be, be a good time. You know, I mean, you know the flamboyance of the IW hikers. There's going to be people who are going to embrace that fully, I guarantee you. I can't wait. What's the weather like this time of year down there? Uh, hot one day. I, I was in shorts yesterday, and you see I'm in a hoodie today. So, you know, it's anybody's guess from day to day right now. Okay. We had and snow. We had snow up here, if you can believe that. My kids had a snow day. We had an inch of snow. Boom. No wow. school. Yep. <laughs> but is it really a snow day anymore? Because I think nationwide, we all have our kids online doing school. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I feel bad for the kids. No snow days, no rain days, no, they, you know. I feel bad for the kids 100% in general. I mean, it's just, it's heartbreaking to see what they're going through. Um, I could, I won't. I could go off right now, but, but I won't do that. Our kids need to be back in school. Um, let's talk about some military shit. I want to talk about that before we, we end our beautiful show. Uh, when in your life did you decide I'm going to do army? Um, at maps. <laughs> You're like, Oh, there's a dude with his finger up my butt. Maybe I'll do army. No, I actually went to maps with an air force recruiter and left with an army recruiter. That's funny. How'd that happen? I knew what I wanted to do and the Air Force wouldn't guarantee me my job. Oh, really? Uh, you know, the Air Force will guarantee you something in that field. The Army guaranteed me, you will work on Blackhawks. This is your MOS. Oh, yeah. Then you have to go that route if that's what you wanted so to do. That that was what I wanted to do it back in 1997. Yeah, I'm old, you know. But uh, that was what I wanted to do. And they guaranteed it. And, I signed a contract. Yeah, that's, um, I, I remember because obviously I was Air Force and it was like, uh, I got a guaranteed job, but it was also, but be prepared for four other. So we had our number one and then be prepared for your, your four other options. And of course, number five had to be needs of the Air Force. I don't know why. So it was basically like, oh, you're going to be a officer at the mess hall or something like that. Um, why, oh, uh, my next question was why the army, but we've already answered that. Uh, your MOS, you were uh, a flying crew chief. Um, so here's something about uh, helicopters, right? I joke around uh, all the time with Jeremy about uh, the fact that I, I believe we live in a simulation. We can get really deep and wonky here, like Joe Rogan-esque. Um, but have you, are you familiar with the simulation theory? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where... where 
we're just in a giant computer simulation, which would explain about all the weird shit that's been going down. Cause obviously it's just like a video game. Uh, helicopters, they are one of the things that make me realize we're in a, uh, um, simulation theory because they shouldn't fly. I see the damn things. I'm like, that thing should not be in the air. So let me ask you that. Do helicopters actually fly? No, we beat the air into submission. <laughs> I, like, I like that answer. It's, it's, you know, for the non-aviators out there, the, there's surprisingly a lot of similarities between a uh, stationary wing and a, what do you call those? Rotary wing? Rotary wing. Rotary wing type aircraft. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I hated being in helicopters, never liked being on them. I always felt like I was just about to die. And um, yeah, they don't really exist. And it's proof that we're in a simulation. Uh, well, if you think about a 140,000 pound piece of steel, well, it's aircraft aluminum shouldn't, I mean, it doesn't make sense that that thing flies either. Like, I don't know that. What? How is that even? I know physics and everything. And I used to fly the damn things, but I no. That Bernoulli happen. guy knew something we didn't know. I think he was an alien. <laughs> Bernoulli's principle. Uh, wasn't that, uh, we won't bore people who are listening. Um, can you imagine though, if I became like a, 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 a helo conspiracy theorist, you like the chemtrail people? The contrail people, contrail. I just had videos on YouTube of like, see, you can see where the uh, string is actually holding things up. It's actually not a bad idea. I bet you I would get a lot of viewers. Write that down, you, Jeremy. You might get a few. Something that I'm going to do. Uh, let's go deep in the next question. Uh, free will. Okay, this, this question is about free will, or you could look at it as nature versus nurture. Some of us choose to serve and others don't. Uh, is service, and I, I guess I should say dangerous service, is that born within us or is it taught to us, right? My whole family, all the way back to the Civil War, was in a major war, <laughs> every generation. And they and they were all firefighters since like the early 1900s. Um, people, the, people answer this question all over the spectrum. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, in my family, it kind of skipped a generation. My grandparents served, but uh, my parents did not. Okay. I think... I think it's a little of both. I think it can be a nurture situation, but there is definitely a nature component to it. I yeah. think there, there are, I mean, my mom tells me that from the first time I went to Barksdale Air Force Base and saw the Blue Angels, I was bound for the military. It was a question of which branch. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that a few weeks ago with Chuck Yeager, how I, I saw him and I was like, yep, I'm going to be in the service. Just didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, I think... You know, humans have been around for a couple hundred thousand years. Uh, evolutionarily, they've been around for a couple million years, at least uh, versions of us. And I just think uh, little units of people always needed your protectors. They needed your nurturers. They needed your smart people to figure out how to make a wheel. And I think it's just innate. I think there's a free will thing. I, I mean, I don't think there's a free will thing. I think some of us are just drawn to that because it doesn't make sense. Like, why would... Um, so like I said, my whole family have been firefighters, including myself. Why would anyone run into a burning building where everyone else is running away? Why would anyone sit in a, in a helicopter, which isn't really supposed to move and fly into combat, right? Like what, that stuff just doesn't make sense, but yet we do it. And there's lots of us that do it. So I don't know. I'm kind of mixed. And I also think, yeah, absolutely. But do you know what? I've had a lot of guests where they're the first person in their family to join the military. Well, you know, I've seen that too. Um, 
my oldest went to the Marine Corps and decided it wasn't for him. My youngest still says he's going to go to the Army. Uh, we'll see what happens in about eight years, six years, six years. <laughs> so your your one son or, or daughter is a Marine? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that did not work out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, we won't go into that here because... Uh, yeah, no worries. No worries. Yeah, what is it did the- not work out. What is the most profound thing you discovered about yourself while in the military? Oh, wow. I wasn't ready for a deep question. That's what we do here. Like I said, we're Joe Rogan for veterans. Profound thing I discovered. I I don't know that it was in the military. I think it was shortly after I got out was my resilience. You know, I had just been told you will never do this again. And you know, having been medicaled out and going through all that, I had another surgery and I'm like, I'm doing this again. And I went and started my civilian career as an aircraft mechanic. You know, I think that resilience is what I found. Okay. And that's going to be my, my last question because a lot of people uh, stumble on this. First day, you're a civilian, sun comes up, alarm goes off. Now what? Um, I have an appointment at the VA. <laughs> um, back in 2002, when you got out, you had all your first 12 lined up appointments with the VA to get into the VA system. And then they send you to every doctor within the VA to confirm all your military medical records. Yeah. So, uh, from there, it, it, the first day as a civilian was actually, I think the real thing was loading up the U-Haul to go to Illinois. Oh yeah. That big move. Yeah. That, that big titty move. move. That's right. That's um, right. My wife at the time, I, we had decided to move to the Chicago area and, uh, Oof. from Fort hood to Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Not a change in the environment much. No, no. but I, I think it was loading up the truck and getting everything ready and going. But the thing was I had a plan. I had appointments at great lakes VA. I had, you know, appointments at Heinz VA and then I ended up going and I got out in March by November. I was on the surgery table again. Oh, wow. So it went pretty quick. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, if there's anything that's a commonality amongst everyone who's been successful and who has actually, uh, had a, had a good transition, it's having that plan, you know, uh, for, there's a lot of irreverent warriors who are still active duty and, and, um, just being prepared because you never know, you never know. You could be medically discharged. You could, you, you know, you, your career could last. I have a buddy who, uh, shattered his femur and his career was over in boot camp, climbing the, I don't know what they call it, but you know, that, that like reverse wall thing that had, and then you come up over it, but yeah, that's just the way it is. Well, um, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks for the last minute, uh, interview. I really appreciate it. Baton Rouge, March 6th. Head over to irreverentwarriors.com. You'll see the links uh, for events. And yours is going to be hard to find. It's just going to be the first one right there. Right on top. Uh, what do you, do you guys have anything going on Friday before? Um, we're working on that. Like I said, we got to play COVID rules. So yeah. it may be a little um, classified information that comes your way. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, Uh-oh. There you that's go. us. Oh, okay. I just saw all the, all the cameras disappear. I'm like, what just happened? Oh, nice. Cool. Saints.
What is Make sure click on tickets. I'm going to ask you a random question. That Saints symbol, what the hell is that? I, the Boy it's Scouts a have Florida it. Florida Lee. It's a who now? A Florida Lee, which trans <laughs> it translates to flower of life. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, St. Pierre, George St. Pierre, the um, MMA fighter from Montreal. He, um, he has the same thing on his legs and people are like, why does he have the boy scout symbol on his? <laughs> I never knew that. Now I know, you know, it's that symbol actually was used during the French revolution to, they branded people with it who were to be put to death. Wow. So it, it's had many incarnations and uses over the years. Yeah. If, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of a rabbit hole to go down. If you want to see what the Fleur de Lis symbolizes. Nice. I'll have to look that up, but at least we know now we know. Well, uh, Don't get that Steven, tattoo. Got it. Steven Babin. Babin. Am I saying that right? Is it Babin? Babin. 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 Uh, thanks for coming on. I hope you have a great hike. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be making it down, but I think a lot of people will because a lot of people are itching to get out on a uh, Silky's hike. So I thank you for coming on last minute. Um, you served your uh, hike very well. I think you you talked it up and people are going to go down and, and start. The one thing, season. if you're planning to come, get signed up early because we need the head count. Yeah. Yeah. That's key. That's key. Got and a lot by... of friends I zoom with that are going, so be ready. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Going to be cool. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, hopefully I'll see you at maybe, uh, where'd we say Dallas, maybe we'll be at Fort Worth. Dallas for sure. I'll be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be, but I might be flying out on that day, but hopefully not. I'll just push it back. I'll fly it on Sunday. I'll, I'll, hike over out. I'll hike down there. Awesome, dude. Well, thanks for being on. Hey, no problem. All right, cool. Jeremy, let's end the show. It's kind of a, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think we did all right for, for piecing together something from a mess, right? House of Cards collapsed and we had to make something of it. From a good wing, that was, that was, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It's nice to have someone available, especially with IW and a hike coming up. So being able to get that information out there, that's, it's kind of good, a good, a good backup, so to speak. We'd yeah. like to cover them more though. That's for sure. Well, I would like to end off our episode with a tribute to the wingman. This is an Air Force thing. I'm an Air Force guy. Come on. I listen to all your Marine shit all day long. <laughs> all you 90% yep. of Reverend Wharton. No, I don't know what the percentage is, but I feel like there's a lot of them who are, who are Marines. Um, this is something in the, in the aviation community we hold dear, right? It's the concept of the wingman. He or she will always be there. Uh, they watch your six. They make sure you get home. They never leave your side. If you go down your wingman circles and make sure you're safe until help arrives. Um, if you got, have you ever seen the movie Dunkirk? I have good movie. Tom Hardy plays a, um, uh, it's actually, he's a famous aviator, famous flyer, but his character is like the quintessential wingman. So watch it just for his character. Plus at the end, when they think they're about to get bombed and he comes swoop, I don't want to spoil it, but screw it. The movie's old. Uh, he comes swooping in with no engines cause he's out of gas. And he's like, do you know what? I could go home or I could save these people. Oh man. When I watched that waterfall. Awesome part of the movie. Uh, there was also another wingman, and I, I'm going to mess it up because I think it was the Korean War. might have been the Vietnam War. He pushed his buddy home. He literally, so his buddy, his wingman's plane was so shot up, he was going to have to bail out over enemy territory. This guy pulls up behind him, sticks his nose into the back of his aircraft, and pushes him home. I think that in the, in the aviator world, it's called the push or something. Incredible story. I mean, think about that. He rammed his plane. Jeremy, I would smash my nose into your tail and push you home anytime. <laughs> anytime. 
I mean, I'm a jarhead. I'm pretty sure I've done worse. So did it get weird? Did it get weird? Anyways, uh, pull up that video. I'm gonna pull up this video. I've seen this happen actually before with these. Of the A10. Aircraft. Yeah, yeah. Here's my tribute to the wingman. So as you can see, this A10 isn't even moving. <laughs> Might be a long, a long one. All right, so here, the guy on the the left, uh, he's got, I think he's gear up. He might even have his canopy gone. Gear up, All the yeah. way down to the ground, all the way to the ground. His uh, his wingman just stays right next to him, talking him in, letting him know how he's doing. Um, planes can actually land like that, believe it or not. It's not the worst thing in the world to happen. I've, I've known a lot of people that have had to land like that. But yeah, you can see him skidding there. The fire truck should go and make sure he's okay. And then his wingman takes off. Uh, so be a good wingman. Call, text, write, send smoke signals. Dude, that wasn't very sensitive, was it? That wasn't culturally sensitive. So uh, figure out a way to get in touch with someone that you served with, someone that you hike with. Um, it's just what we do. It's what we do. And I think you should do it. And without further ado, to keep saying that word, let's end the show. Good night, everybody. Set the